Welcome to Crate Digging, a podcast about record collections and their collectors. I'm your host, Dakota Arsenault, the music and creative associate of the soundtrack. On this episode, we have all four members of the Toronto-based rock band The Beaches. You know them for their hits Fascination, Want What You Got, and T-Shirt. They've put out one album and four EPs, including the excellent just-released Future Lovers. Jordan, Kylie, Leandra, Eliza, thank you so much for joining me today. Let's flip through your collections. Hello. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I'm very excited. Uh, how are you all doing today? We're good. Pretty good. Yeah. I'm We're, just, uh, uh... It's pouring rain here. <laughs> where we are oh no yeah but we're good well I, <laughs> well I guess the first question I, I want to know is for the four of you uh how big are your record collections if if you have them at all mine's really big I've got at least like 50 records in my room I'm just not there currently with them but I've, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have I have amassed quite a bunch I like to pick up records whenever we're on the road um just like as a sort of fun hobby and also a lot of people end up giving me records too like bands will bring me records from um when we're at our shows or uh, i get a lot of records for my birthday and christmas so i've amassed quite a bit of a collection yeah. i feel like my beatles record alone is a ton of records and they have their own box um but i like to share my record collection with my parents so i can get some good like abba in there and stuff Ooh, yeah um, I have stolen mine from my dad. <laughs> um, I He basically gave me allowance to just go through his entire collection and take whichever ones I liked. And a lot of them were very nostalgic. And so I just took, I took a lot. Um, again, not, not currently with me at another home, but yeah. <laughs> I probably have the smallest one because my record player is not in the best working condition it was like my ex-boyfriend's old one that he didn't want anymore um, <laughs> so I have like two records that he also gave me and they're really warped so <laughs> oh no it's That's very it's very limited <laughs> now is there any sort of rivalry Kylie between you and Jordan over who gets what records or were you okay uh and any kind of splitting up if you were taking them from your parents Oh, oh, our parents have like zero records. They're like a big okay. CD family. <laughs> yeah, they still like, like CDs. Um, so we never really fought over those. But it's really nice because like Jordan, well, Jordan and I used to share a room, but we don't anymore, obviously. Um, and <laughs> I will just go down to her room and like we'll put on a record and it's a nice little bonding experience between the two of us. Yes. That's nice. Yeah. Kylie only gets to keep a record if they want it to be warped. <laughs> pretty much <laughs> yeah it's one of those record players that like the it's the thing itself is like this big but then the record is like this so then the needle is just like <laughs> <laughs> yeah everyone listening to this podcast knows, knows what you mean. oh yeah sorry <laughs> <laughs> it's like this um the, where the record sits is much smaller than the actual record itself so when the needle hits the edges it just warps it yeah mm. So it basically destroys vinyl, is what you're saying. Yeah, it's a vinyl destroyer. <laughs> <laughs> Eliza, thank you for uh, for reminding them that this is an audio format. Uh, but I, I do have a question directed at you. You're talking about how you got most of your records from your parents. Do you remember what was the first one you either bought or were given or maybe even stolen? It's a good question. Um, 
I think I probably bought before I stole, meaning stole from my dad. Um, I bought, I started my own collection first, I think, but he did give me um, like the speakers and everything to like, to get the um, record player working properly. Um, But I think that I honestly, I think I bought like a Kendrick Lamar vinyl. I bought, um, was it damn? Is that, yeah, I think I bought that vinyl. And um, I specifically remember taking, from my dad, I took a Fats Domino one because that was always playing when I was like a little kid. It's so random, but like that one was like mm, such a good special place in my heart. <laughs> Would that be one that has Twist and Shout on it? Yeah, that one. Yeah. That so is. fun. Such a good song. Great. Pick. <laughs> uh, do any of the other of you three ladies have uh, memories of your first record? I think the first one I bought for myself first I stole I stole then I bought um I stole the Beatles like red album like the compilation of all the hits I stole that from my mom uh, which was a great first album because it's like there's like two records in there um and then from there I fell in love with the Beatles so I went and bought Sgt. Pepper's off of uh Kijiji from a nice lady thanks The first one that was given to me was a Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's record. Um, and our, like, our touring manager gave that to me before we realized that my record player was the way it is. And it got totally ruined. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that is the, the first one, I think, that was given to me. It was like a newer Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's record. Like the one with the mosquito on it. I think it was called Mosquito. Mosquito? Mosquito. That one. <laughs> My first record that I bought was uh, when I got my record player um, from this really sort of dingy, sketchy record store in Toronto. (laughs) Um, I got my record player and um, I think the first record I bought was an opera um, with my favorite opera singer, Maria Callas. And it was, um, I think it was a recording of Tosca and it's a really, really beautiful old, um, old record with like, photographs of the original opera from the 60s or 50s it's really beautiful and it's still like in pretty good condition i love it it's the one i have i know (laughs) so i'm curious when you walk into a record store do you sort of beeline it to the exact section or artist you know that you're looking for or do you like to spend a lot of time flipping through everything to hope that something jumps out at you i guess leandra we'll start with you I feel like I never go in with a specific artist in mind. I go in just to sift through. I feel like I take a deep dive in like the dollar bin first. um, And I always judge it off of like album cover. Um, Like I really like going to Ringo's section because his album covers are really strange and really funny. (laughs) So I base it off of how the cover looks and then I, I find artists through that. Very cool. Um, I think like I do kind of a similar thing where I don't really go um, with unless I have something in mind that I'm currently listening to at the time that I really want on vinyl. I'll do that. But otherwise, like I'll just go and be like, oh, I'm here for a good time. Like if it's not COVID, I would have a coffee with no mask and be able to drink it. But um, I'll just go and spend probably an hour in there and like just, yeah, sift through everything and anything I recognize or any albums that are close to my heart that I don't have, I will definitely grab and take home but yeah and also the dollar bin is a good good one sometimes you'll find people that you don't expect to be in there and you're like oh wow this should not be a dollar but hey 
I'll snag it. Uh, I have like a go-to um, music genre that I always like. I love looking for um, world music, especially like old world music from like the sixties or seventies, um, like covers of nostalgic songs that I really love, like, but in different languages, like my favorite go-to thing to ask at, um, at a record store is like what their old Bollywood sections look like. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I just, I always have like been drawn to that and I love, love that kind of music um and then like I'm more of like a hunter when I'm shopping with anything so generally when I go to a record store I'll have like a bunch of artists that I'm looking for specifically but then for like more fun or you know or sometimes like stranger ones like it's generally like the world section I've got like a really cool like Ramones record like a roommate like but it's like a Romanian cover band covering Ramones songs which is wow really out there I love stuff like that the Romanes <laughs> the Romanians <laughs> I'm shocked remember. that they didn't think of that name <laughs> I know are we looking at the next opening band for the beaches tour I well, mean I think they're probably not around anymore it's like an old record <laughs> maybe oh. they are. who knows yeah, I feel like I tend to look more at like the new release area just because like I always like to see like what's popping. And also I want to like check and see if our record is there. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's definitely I think where like my eye is most drawn to. I think also like sometimes seeing like pop pop stuff like on vinyl is like a really funny kind of thing to me. And I like seeing that in its like physical form like looking at mm-hmm. like pop artists like layouts for their records and stuff i just i think it's like really It's always funny when you go into someone's house and like you see that they have like a Backstreet Boys record or something. You're like, oh, interesting. All right, let's put that on. But at, like urban outfitters. No, no judgment, <laughs> but like it's I have the Jonas Brothers on vinyl. Watch it. <laughs> I was say, this is giving me really big Urban Outfitters vibes. Like, this is like we went to the store, we went shopping, we got the vinyl there. Exactly. <laughs> now, are any of the four of you comfortable with outing yourself as far as how much you've spent the most on a single record? Ooh, that's a good question. I mean, we've done a lot of like, it's like promo with like different like record stores or um, like with our labels where they basically will like send us to a record store and give us like a budget. And then, you know, we film the experience, like what we're looking for. And that's always really fun. Um, but normally, I don't know. I think I've spent like 25, 30, like, I don't, I don't, I don't think the average. Yeah. 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 I like going for the, the, the cheap hits and seeing what I can get for like, not a lot of money. I think it makes it more fun. Um, a big yeah. mistake I made was on one of these shopping trips. I got uh, the white album deluxe that was like a hundred dollars, and we were being filmed. And I made a whole thing about it that I was like, "Oh my god, I don't have this one. It's so expensive." Then I went home and I already had bought it, so I have <laughs> yeah. two. <laughs> you have two now. You could sell one, I guess, if it's in good, good enough condition. When I'm being filmed, I'm so nervous. I'm like, oh, I've never even heard of the Beatles. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's why you got to prep ahead. You have to think about <laughs> that stuff. I mean, yeah, that was probably the most, like, I I bought two Oasis records, like double editions of what's Story Morning Glory and definitely Maybe. I think they were both, like, probably, like, 60 bucks each. But 
those were, yeah, those were on one of those sort of um, filmed like label sheets. Also like um, we're signed and the, our label will sometimes when we go to, you know, visit our, our label in person, they'll generally like ask if we want any like new records, which are the more expensive ones. So we sometimes get those for free. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> I take them like whatever they offer, I take. I have a whole yeah. and it was like Justin Bieber. Yeah. Also like of Monsters and Men. Purpose. <laughs> yeah. I got that one. I think what? personally out of my own wallet, I think I probably spent fifty dollars out of my own wallet. Like okay. that's the highest. Not yeah. collecting, yeah. that is the highest. My Tosca record was pretty expensive too. Now, I mentioned earlier that you are a Toronto-based band. Do you have a favorite local record store? Maybe it could be a Toronto one, but if you have like a favorite record store in general from from touring or, or traveling around, feel free to shout that one out as well. Um, I really like Cops on Queen Street. Um, that one's really cool. And I have a special memory of going to an anti-flag show there with my boyfriend, like when we kind of first started dating. That was like a fun memory. And it's like a small place, but they have a really cool selection. Um, and the shows that they throw in the back room are super awesome. That's cool. I didn't know that you went to that. Yeah, it was like, it wasn't the whole band and it was, they were playing in Toronto that, that night, I think at like the, I don't remember, maybe the Danforth or something. And, um, yeah, we went and it was only like the lead singer. And then I think a guitar player maybe. And, um, Matt's a huge fan, like always like childhood, like big fan. So that was really fun. One of my new favorite record stores that I've been to and been exploring is this really like this cram but massive one in Kingston called Brian's uh, Record Options. And like you would not be able to find anything in the store. You just have to ask this dude who's got this insane discography. Like he's almost he's a lot like Jackknife. Um, who's Brian. Like, Brian. Yeah, Brian. <laughs> um, and yeah, like he'll if you'll ask him for like an obscure like Calypso band and he'll have like a, a pile of records like under three other piles of records, but he's like a master really cool collection. And I like I like going there because he has so much stuff. So kind of like a hoarder vibe. It's a for sure a hoarder vibe, but those are kind of like my favorite places to find records because they have they literally have everything. They have whatever you want. That's true. Um I really like tiny record shop. Uh, Broadview and Queen I think yeah it's a cute um, one it's really cute inside and you can get other things like I bought this earring I know you can't see everyone but it's a little lightning bolt so I got a little <laughs> record got a little earring and I saw the lead singer of Born Ruffians perform in the back of that shop so I really like those experiences where you go in for a record and you see a live performance while you're there <laughs> I'm trying to think of that one that we went to in New York that was oh, the classic big one yeah, but I liked it. I know it's like a basic answer, but it was sick. I can't think of it. They have like big concerts there. I don't know why I can't think oh, of it. Oh, that one. Rough, rough um, Trade. Rough Trade, yeah. Oh, yeah. Rough trade. rough trade. I like. I just liked going there too because it's like an iconic place and so famous and like I've always wanted to see it and be inside. So that was a cool one. Same thing for Amoeba. Like that was a really cool one to like go and explore. But they make you check your bags. Like they, the security um, there is relentless like you have to put your bags in these cubbies and it's like a whole process I was gonna say that maybe not like amoeba I know yeah, it wasn't that wasn't fun but it I was so cool I can't shop when I don't have my bag with like my chapstick and my eye drops in there like I can't concentrate <laughs> <laughs> that's so true <laughs> fair 
was Amoeba the place that you filmed one of those record store buying trips at? No. Uh, no, we just, I think we just rough. went there. Yeah, that okay. was Rough Trade. We did that. What's the big one in Toronto? We did another one. Uh, Sonic, Sonic Boom. Boom. Sonic Boom. We Sonic did Boom. one in Vancouver too. Um, I don't, I think that was called Bread, some, Bread Fox. No, that was, that was the radio was Sea Fox. <laughs> Yeah, but was it? It was a promotional thing with C Fox that we did the the record purchase. Yeah, we though. did too. <laughs> so basically, I'm learning that uh, being in a band, you only want to do it one because when you get signed, you get free la- records from your label, and two, you get to shop for free at record stores. Right? That's the only reason to be in a band. They just give you much. <laughs> yeah, I'm all for the free stuff. <laughs> oh yeah. So I'm curious, what makes a good record store stand out from not such a good one other than having to put your bag in a cubby, I guess? <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, oh, I should mention a local one that I, sorry, off the top of my head. Um, Antica, it's like around the corner from where oh. I am and they, they offer coffee. Um, and I think that that makes a good one because like I mentioned before, like it's, it's kind of part of the experience because it does get tiring. But it's nice to have some caffeine to keep you through the experience, keep you going. Yeah, and I think that place uh, puts, like, their top kind of records that they're listening to on the wall. So you can, like, pick up a copy and then go listen to one of the top ones. And together, perfect combo. Yeah. I'd say it's about, like, it's also kind of the staff, in my opinion, that makes a really good record store. And, like, somebody that's, like, engaged and passionate, knows a lot about music, um, and has a real sort of ear for it and can offer you, like, a lot of... um, advice without like really being intimidated like some record store employees can be like kind of snobby and um intimidating um and I'm, I'm not always the biggest fans of like going to those places but if somebody's like really passionate or into it um and, and loves what they do like that's always a real plus or bonus I'm curious if the site Discogs is correct. You have only put out two of your releases on vinyl, your album Late Show and a seven inch of Fascination. Are there plans to put Future Lovers or any other of your releases out on vinyl? Yes. I mean, yes. I don't know if we're allowed to say this. Stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. We love vinyl, so we would love to put it on vinyl. So if that is a little clear. We're working on something really fun with it too. So it's going to be like... I don't know, a little surprise for everyone. So yeah, stay tuned because some fun, something fun is coming. Well, I'm excited to hear that. I'm curious, what does a post-pandemic world look like for the beaches? Are you, are you already prepping some sort of a, a tour for later this year or early next year? Or what's happening? Yeah, I mean, like we're still, I mean, that's another thing that we aren't required to announce, but we are <laughs> definitely working on, you know, going back on the road, getting back in the studio, just being busy again. And yeah, we can't wait to kind of return back to like a little bit more of a sense of normalcy. And yeah, just also to be able to like play music in the same room, the four of us, like that is going to be incredible. And then throw in an audience in there. We can't wait. But yeah, stay (laughs) tuned. A lot of fun announcements are going to be coming in the next like couple of months or next month. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> coming yeah. soon <laughs> have any of you been working on a special stage tricks for uh when you are back on uh tour again stage tricks yeah like uh some crazy swinging guitars or uh stage diving or anything like that i'm still working on my kick flips and heel flips so that while i'm playing keys i can just pop a quick heel flip 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, a lot of us play in, um, me and Kylie play in heels and I haven't worn heels in, uh, since really the pandemic started. So that'll be sort of an adjustment. Like <laughs> I'm going to probably have to start walking around and maybe go on a treadmill in my heel boots before, <laughs> before we tour again. Yeah, I know. It's, it's the only way to really prep for it because otherwise you'll like twist your ankle or whatever. Yeah, I, I guess like that. Before we hit the tricks, we really just got to get back to where we were before. I'm not sure I can even high kick anymore. I'm going to have to stretch. And these, hammies, <laughs> these hammies are tight. <laughs> yeah, like I was going to say the same thing. I think not, not so much spe- special tricks, but like the same tricks. Like just getting back <laughs> to what we can do when we're playing at our best and when we're um, you know, like we finished a whole tour, a, a tour that was like about a month long and we played like, you know, three nights in a row and then had one break, like one night off, basically that was the whole tour. So it was like a lot, we were like in really, really good shape and probably the best shape possible. And then the pandemic hit. So it's like just getting back to that level, especially for me, like on the drums, it's, it's a full body thing and you can definitely feel the difference. Like when we first started, um rehearsing after a big break um I was like oh my god three songs in I need a break I am I can't keep going <laughs> but after a few days of doing that it it gets back it doesn't take long mm-hmm. but we are planning like some fun like little stage moments and like you know we're excited to just have like a new live show that it was different from the last tour but also like obviously keeping a lot of the same stuff, but then, you know, elevating it slightly even more. We want yeah. to continue to grow and to like make our show the best it can be. So definitely are looking forward to adding some like new fun elements, like clothing wise. On, on the last tour, we really hit the crowd with uh, an Eiffel Tower. Kylie and I were Eiffel Towering Jordan. So we really got to up it. Uh, I'm, not sure. I'm not sure what we can do to beat that. I don't know. Maybe, maybe a bit of a human centipede kind of vibe. Yeah. <laughs> Get a last in the mix. <laughs> I was going to say, we're, um, how do we involve the drums in that? Like the bass drum? Like, I don't know. Yes. Well, I'm glad this interview has taken some wild, crazy turns right now. Who am I? I'm I'm curious. How did you find finishing Future Lovers during a lockdown year? Like, were were there any big challenges that you all faced? Well, we we've had the music sort of done for quite quite a long time, so we decided to like hold off on releasing it because um, we weren't really sure what was going to happen with COVID at the time. But when we did decide to release it, one of the challenges was figuring out like okay, how are we going to do photo shoots during, I mean, Toronto has been like one of the most locked down cities in the world. So it was like figuring out how to do everything within the rules that were set by um, our government and, you know, shooting a music video. Um, that also is like a little bit of a challenge, but we, we made it work. We did it by like um, sort of doing our own shoot days, like with just each member and the crew so that it, we were, um, fulfilling like the rules that were set by the government uh that stuff was like a little tricky and I guess like a lot of zoom conversations with us in our label and all of that that's we made it work though and it's it's I guess the other thing that we've been uh doing the other sort of challenge has been promoting it um again doing a lot of interviews and reaching out to people that are interested in the record stuff like that stuff like this 
Awesome. Did you, was it a lot more, uh, conversations happening over email than it is compared to previous records? Kind of like when you, whenever you're promoting a record, you normally have to tour it. So because mm-hmm. you have, um, because that's no longer like a, an, a feasible option for us, like for any band releasing new music, it's a lot of sort of online promotional stuff, um, using platforms like TikTok, um, uh, you know, uh, the rodeo YouTube thing when you're sort of, uh, stuff like that, um, doing like going live with your fans, like finding ways to, you know, hear what fans think of your new music when you're not able to perform has been like a bit of a challenge, but it's been interesting and it's cool. You know, you got to do what you got to do and roll with, uh, the punches that are thrown at you. Yeah. And normally like like before COVID when we'd release something, we'd have like press days, but we'd be picked up and like driven to, you know, all the different radio stations and like media platforms and it would all be in person, but now it's just all on zoom. So, I mean, it's the same thing just like now in the comfort of our own homes instead of like going to the, the radio station, all that stuff. But, and who knows if that'll change like after COVID, it might just like stay like this because it's, pretty convenient i guess being able you can reach actually more people this way in terms of physically going somewhere you know you can talk to people who don't live in the same city as you and it's just yeah it works out that makes sense well future lovers is available to listen wherever you get your music jordan kylie leandra eliza thank you so much for coming on today i really appreciate talking with you no problem thanks dakota that was really fun thank you for having so much it was awesome yeah thank you This wraps up this episode of Crate Digging. Make sure to visit thesoundtrack.ca for more great content. Let me know what you're currently spinning. Make sure you're subscribed to the show to listen right when the needle drops. Crate Digging is produced by Gemma Mastriani and Dakota Arsenault. It's a soundtrack production. Music is by Jared Burke. Graphic design by Stephanie Pryor. Thanks for checking us out.